This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Go 24-7 podcast game week once again, and it's a fun one. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Nathan King. Nathan, this is a game that we're excited to talk about. I'm excited to be a part of and have like a vested interest in for the first time because as a uh, as a bystander for the past couple of years, this is one of the craziest and wackiest games of the SEC schedule, it feels like. But man, uh, thanks for hopping on. And I know Auburn fans are excited, as is Hugh Freeze, to get down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, for sure. And you, and you, you talked about Hugh Freeze looking to notch his first win in Baton Rouge. And uh, it's it's great to know that the millionaires are just like us. Like yesterday, he was like, Ah, uh, yeah, I, I love it when they when they you know, all their pregame announcements and stuff and the Garth Brooks and I'm like same. He was like, I can't wait to <laughs> be on the field for that. I'm like same. I can't wait. We've got a bunch of newcomers on our beat. Um, mm-hmm. There are people who are new this year or who who weren't there in 21. It's like four yeah. or five people, and uh, we're we're like y'all are not ready. Like it's 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 so great. Um, the night game obviously is is exactly what you want. Um, and, and like you said, you know, this is a wild series. It has been for a long time. We're looking forward to one more game before it's yeah. kind of, I mean, I know they don't play next year. Not only that, but I was thinking about it. You know, it's, it's bizarre to think about, I don't know when we'll go back to Baton Rouge after that, because I, I presume yeah. when they play again, whenever that is, obviously it'll be an Auburn. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a sad feeling, man. It's a sad feeling. Like, could it be three or four yeah. years down the road before, uh, before I get, get to go back to Tiger stadium. So uh, hopefully it's a good one this time. Yeah, I told people, and we're going to get into the game, obviously. But I told people, I said the fact that this game's not on the docket next year, it it hurts me. That's one of the yeah. that's one of the the ugly sides, I guess, of conference realignment because this is a special game, uh, Nathan, for sure. Between two teams, a lot of passion, a great fan bases. I'm sure Auburn's going to travel very well down to Baton Rouge. Um, I know we got some family coming as well that they're they're excited for it. Some Auburn fans are excited to to uh, experience Tiger Stadium, like you said, the the uh, the pregame fanfare. For Grambling State, it was cool. The Arkansas game was great, and I imagine, especially after a crazy win last weekend for LSU, it's going to be really, really fun uh, this weekend in Baton Rouge. So a lot of fun. Auburn, LSU. Nathan, it's an Auburn team that, man, deserved by week, uh, really, just truthfully, and really needed one. Uh, but talk to me kind of about coming out of that, that Georgia game. There were it obviously they want to win the game. You always want to win the game, but man, there were felt like there were a ton of positives to take away from challenging the number one team in the country. Kind of what was the mood when Hugh Freeze took that podium, and what's the mood of this team as they kind of get ready to head to Death Valley? Yeah, it's I, it's it's it was strange. You know, it's not something we've been used to from the last two years, and I hate to belabor the point like everybody does that Brian Harson wasn't great but I mean you kind of have to have to bring it up there just weren't many of these games of hey you lost to a far superior team but mm-hmm. here's all these signs of progress you showed and I think that's just more so an indication that game in particular was sort of a microcosm of I think what Auburn needs to see all season long from from yeah. year one under Hugh Freeze this is not a team that's going to win nine games. I mean, they're already obviously in a hole in that regard. I didn't think they were going to win eight games. I mean, I kind of picked mm-hmm. this team seven to five, but thinking 
if they go six and six, that's not the end of the world. That's that's progress from last season. So really separate from the record. And we talked about this in, in the show in the offseason too. Recruiting needed to be there. Um, fan buy-in needed to be there. You have that. You, you've moved up and you know, you're in the top 15 squarely um, in this recruiting class. You'd like to get into the top 10. All the games are sold out. The wins, you hate to say it, but it's like the wins and losses on the field are kind of third or fourth down the down the line um, mm-hmm. in terms of Hugh Freeze's, I don't want to say his priorities, but really the things that fans should pay attention to um, this season. So I sort of have that same mindset about this team going to LSU. It's going to be extremely difficult to, to win there. Um, I mean, you're already a double-digit underdog. Um, that team that they beat, I know they broke their streak, and it's crazy to think about this team could win two games in a row in Tiger Stadium. Like that, that's yeah. that's wild considering how little success they had there for so long. Yeah, both these teams were very different the last time they met in Death Valley. Extremely different programs. Um, obviously, both have have turned over coaches since then, are on and are kind of on different trajectories. It feels like. Um, but the mood, I mean, you, like you said, there are no moral victories in in college football. But freeze and and mainly talking to players after that game, um, so many positives. I mean, I think they were just yeah. pleased. Because, you, you know, you watch the Texas A&M game. I, that, that was one of those games where offense just didn't get off the ground. Like, I mean, they, yeah. they couldn't even get started in that game. Everything was blown up by A&M's defensive front. You, you play Georgia, who's very talented on defense. Your O-line is feeling, hey, we we push these guys around a little bit. Like, we, I mean, they ran for 219 yards um, against Georgia. Peyton Thorne wasn't great. 10 of 19 passing. Still hasn't hit 100 yards passing against a Power 5 team. This season, I, I suspect that will change against LSU's defense, but uh, yeah, but we'll see. But he felt a little more confident, you know. And the defense, which 27 points is still the most they've allowed in a game this season, um, they still feel like they're executing pretty well. So you're right, both from an injury front and from a hey, we feel like we're executing pretty well, but there's a little, you know, little things here and there that we want to do. I felt like it was a really good time for them to have a bye week. I'm not sure they're going to go in there and win this game, but I do I do expect them to go play well again because of that momentum that you talked about and honestly the mood of the team even for a team that's 3 and 2 and has has lost their first two conference games, it's still pretty positive right now. Yeah, it feels like then watching the Georgia game, they you watched a team that started to believe in themselves and their ability to compete and stay with a top-tier program as that game went along. Um, I wanted to talk about this because we, we you just hinted at it. Peyton Thorne hasn't thrown for over 100 yards. Yeah, the jokes are out there on social media. I get it. Still a talented kid. His willingness to run the ball has seemed to, for me, has been something that, uh, you know, the the zone option of him literally pulling it out of the running back and being able to, you know, move has really changed a lot of things for this offense. That being said, I caution LSU fans when they say, oh, my gosh, we get a reprieve because we don't have someone that's going to air it out for 300 yards against us, against this secondary. That's not been very good. But the ability to run the football, Nathan, is that kind of one of your keys? Like if they get rolling running the football, it really opens up this offense. Yeah, we'll just look at what happened against Georgia. Um, They go out there the first drive of the game. Ugly. I mean, three and out. One of those three and outs where it just feels like a feels like a car crash. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing working. The next drive. Peyton Thorne gets a 61-yard run, really well blocked, kind of a wide read around the side. Um, and we all kind of up there in the press box, we were like, okay, he'll have some good plays then. Because really, he, he's he's not been very confident against good opponents so far. And look, this is an art just for LSU fans to be aware of. It's an RPO-based system for Hugh Freeze. So it, there's just a lot of things that need to go well. Auburn doesn't do standard drop back, go through your progressions. So when the offensive line is blown up, when that first read isn't there, 
it's just been really difficult for him to find some momentum and find mm-hmm. confidence in the passing game. But you felt like with that moment there at the beginning of the game, okay, he's feeling good. Um, he's going to continue to be mobile and he's going to be confident when he when he looks downfield with the ball. And so I think that could be a key in this game as well. And, you know, you talked about the running ability for this Auburn team. They feel like they've actually been pretty solid. You look in their last two games, um, yards per carry has been really good. They're running backs on the season, 5.9 yards per carry against Power 5 teams in, in three games. That's pretty good. Like, you, you'll take yeah. that mark. Um, and against an LSU defense that has been porous, you know, in, in a number of areas, you've got to think they're going to rely on the ground game. And look, I think Brian Kelly said it best yesterday. I know some Auburn fans kind of took it as a shot to their receivers, but he was he was being legitimate in saying, like you said, Peyton Thorne has talent. He's he's an experienced kid. I think that's what Brian Kelly was trying to say. He's like, look, if they were more confident in their receivers right now and their passing game was clicking a little bit more, they'd be throwing it around the yard. But if you look yeah. at Hugh Freeze's tenure, like this is what he does. He doesn't care who's getting the ball. He doesn't care whether it's a run or a pass. It, it, it really, his numbers have kind of bounced around. People kind of remember Ole Miss of, of Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly throwing it around the yard, but that's because they had NFL receivers, you know? And so yeah. when you're looking at this Auburn team, their identity has changed a little bit. It is a run first team. It's a team with a deep maybe good not great backfield i think there's there's talent there but they're not you know they're not exceptional at the moment and it's a quarterback who's look they're having trouble throwing the ball and so hugh freeze is very comfortable saying look all right we'll just go out there and run it and so i think you know they could i think they will pass the 100 yard passing mark which they haven't done in five straight power five games which is kind of crazy to think about but if it's not working and they're they're having success running the ball they're not gonna they're not gonna be afraid um, to continue doing that because they again they've just kind of leaned toward whatever has worked so far this season. But I do think we'll see a we'll see a good game from Peyton Thorne. He's he's had a little bit more confidence here against Georgia, and I think the bye week was good for him because this RPO system so much of it is reps. I mean, you just go yeah. and go and go and try to figure out you know what's working for you. You talk about go and go and go. I wanted to ask you about the tempo of this Auburn offense because. And going back to the Ole Miss game, I was down there on the field and, and being there, it, it it really hurt LSU. Now, look, uh, Hugh Freeze is very complimentary of the athletes that LSU has. They just really haven't executed the way they wanted to. So against a really athletic LSU team, but one that struggles to tackle and get off the field on third down, Nathan, the joke's been – if you get LSU or if you get the LSU defense into a third and long situation, it might as well be third and two. It's more advantageous for LSU to be able to load the box than it is to have to cover that much. Talk to me about a little bit of the tempo. What do you think Hugh Freeze is going to model? How much does he look at that Ole Miss game and what Lane Kiffin was able to do to really just try to keep this offense on the field and once again tire an LSU defensive front out? Yeah, it's 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 a very basic um, sort of attack for for a modern RPO offense where. If things are working, they'll go fast. If it's not, it's it's going to slow down. And that's been that's been some of the issues in through these two SEC games. And really going back to Cal, they were they were bad on offense in that game. Two, the issues have been they don't feel like their personnel and they don't feel like their scheme. Not only it's not being executed, they can't even get to a point where you know, bang, good run, bang, good run, bang, mm-hmm. quick pass, and now all of a sudden you've got tempo. And you know, like you were just talking about, better than anybody. Like against you know this LSU defense, you've seen teams do that it really starts to wear on you only three or four plays into a drive. Like that's all you need to really get clicking. Auburn hasn't consistently strung together two or three successful plays. They'll have one or yeah. one or two, and then it'll kind of just fade off from there. Yeah. I think, you know, if that's something that did work for Ole Miss in that, in that shootout game, um, obviously, you know, freeze and Kiffin, I think in terms of tempo are, 
pretty similar. No one's going to go as fast as Lane Kiffin does. But again, when it is working for this offense, they will like to do that. It's It goes back to, like, like we were talking about earlier, it goes back to even running the scheme that you want to um, if you're Auburn. And so I think that's a big key in this game. I think it is going to help them having this bye week. But you go back to it against Texas A&M, and I think kind of the difference between that game and Georgia, look, they weren't great on offense against Georgia. They were better. Um, they still yeah. had, two, had two touchdowns in that game versus zero against Texas A&M. You go back to A&M, Hugh Freeze said, look, we didn't run a single RPO pass in that game. And what that mm-hmm. means is they called them because everything is an RPO. But once that first read isn't there and Thorne's kind of ducking around, it no longer becomes an RPO. It, you know, it, it, At that point, it's scramble drill. At that point, it's just yeah. trying to find guys down the field. They did not complete a single one of those. And Hugh Freeze said, I don't remember a game in my entire career where we didn't do that. Wow. And so that's just sort of indicative of where this offense would like to be. And look, I'm interested too with the bye week. It it, it didn't sound like Hugh Freeze was afraid of making making changes to this offense. Now, look, they won't change philosophy-wise. He was asked that yesterday, and it's funny because like, uh, <laughs> no, in week six of the season, you do not change your offensive philosophy, just by the way. It's <laughs> not something that happens. <laughs> but in terms of like, I mean, play calling is something you've got to look yeah. at here. Philip Montgomery is the OC, comes over as Tulsa's head coach for a long time um, after last year. It's it's been it's been sort of a mixed bag for him. And then you see Hugh Freeze last week against Georgia. He said, "Yeah, I was way more involved in the meeting. I was more involved in play calling, and they're better in that game." And so, look, they've got nothing to lose this season. They're playing loose in that bye week. I would not be surprised if Hugh Freeze goes in there and says. All right, what do we need to what do we need to do to get better? And I don't really care if it's something that we're making changes, you know, way down the line. Um, and so I'll be interested to see to see how much more involved he is in play calling this week, especially if he feels like it's a susceptible, you know, LSU defense that he can take advantage of. Yeah, that that's going to be one of the matchups to watch. I mean, obviously, this secondary against Peyton Thorne, one of these things feels like it has to give in this game. Either LSU secondary has their breakout game, or Peyton Thorne has his breakout game as a quarterback in the in the passing department as well. Nathan, we flip it over the defensive side of the football where Ron Roberts, obviously the defensive coordinator, and I was surprised. A lot of LSU fans had a vested interest in Roberts watching from afar when former LSU DC Dave Aranda had him as the DC at Baylor. And then also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a couple people told me Ron Roberts spent some time at southeastern Louisiana a long time ago. So there's some there's some Louisiana ties. They've they've got some familiarity with him. But this defense, uh, when you look at the stats, first off, I just want to shout out what Jalen Simpson's doing is just kind of ridiculous at this point. It's it's absolutely crazy. How do you contain what is the game plan? A guy in Jaden Daniels who, you know, I might be a little biased watching him week in and week out. I do think that I think he's the best quarterback right now in the country. The way he is really building his his momentum, uh, the willingness to throw the ball down the field. You mentioned earlier guys like Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. What what's the game plan? I mean, how much how much can you really stop it, or you have to rely on some big plays, which Auburn has had a couple of those this year. Yeah, uh, be Florida State and have like NFL talent on every level of your defense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's been the only thing, right? I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong. He's been he's been electrifying in every single game. Yeah, since then, and and like you said, it's it's kind of concerning if you're the rest. And I know they lost that game at Ole Miss, but if you're the rest of the SEC, you're seeing him just building and building. And the thing that Hugh Freeze brought up yesterday is, you know, you've got an elite quarterback on the other side when it looks so easy. And that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing you take away from like Caleb Williams Heisman season last year is it's like it, it doesn't even look like they're trying to, to make these miraculous plays. And then if any yeah. other quarterback in the country tried to roll out and evade two defenders and throw across his body you know, to a guy who's wide open, it'd be a complete disaster. But they've got great <laughs> talent at receiver. You know, the emergence of Brian Thomas 
kind of seems like it's coinciding with that passing. And you, Malik yeah. Neighbors, I mean, like the absolute dude, and we all knew that going into the season. Um, but getting him some help there, obviously the running game has had moments where it's looked really explosive as well. And so you, I think you hit the nail on the head. They kind of knew when they played Georgia, and we all knew it too. It's like, look, you got to get turnovers. I mean, if you if you go blow for blow with Georgia's defense in particular, that's going to you know stop you over and over again. And Brock Bowers, which we saw all the turnovers, you know, that they got a couple turnovers in that game. They probably needed one more to even slow him down. Yeah. You know, not not apples to apples here, but it's kind of feels the same way to where somebody like Jalen Simpson, who's got you know five takeaways on the season, he's got to make a play back there if he has the opportunity um to do so. A front seven that has been better than people thought has been has been you know has been executing at a better level than people thought they would. Somebody like Eugene Asante. You know, somebody like Marcus mm-hmm. Harris, somebody like Jalen McLeod, those guys who have emerged this year, people have been like, you know, wow, they're they're playing better than we thought they would. They've got to force a fumble. You know, they've got to hit hit J, hit Jaden Daniels in the open field when he's trying to hurdle somebody and and make a fumble there. You know, really take advantage of those opportunities because this is a good defense. It, it, it is again, twenty seven points is the most they've allowed. Um, but in both those games, I mean, it was ten ten at halftime against Georgia, six yeah. to three against at halftime against Texas A and M. Both of those examples were, look, A&M, their offense was awful and did nothing, so your defense can't hold on forever. And then Georgia, it was, yeah, I mean, no one can guard 19. You know, he's he's yeah. one of the best players in the country. And so you've got another example here of if you just line up and go drive for drive, Auburn's defense is going to win some, but they're probably going to lose a lot more um, than mm-hmm. they win against this LSU offense. And so it really is just so much of it, like you said, it, it is so much of a something's got to give because this is an Auburn offense that really needs a get-right game. I mean, again, they're better against Georgia, but it's still it's still just muddled. The execution's not great. They would love to get right against this LSU defense, but LSU's thinking the same thing on the other side. They're like, wow, this offense yeah. isn't great, and we're coming home in a night game. Let's crack our knuckles a little bit and go out there and have a good performance. So which of those happens probably will be what ends up deciding this game, but I would expect Auburn to have some good moments. You know, I don't know the level of defense off the top of my head that LSU has played this season since Florida State, but I I would maybe venture to say Auburn is one of the better ones they've faced since then, if not yeah. the best defense yeah. they've faced since that first that first week. And that's just not something I thought I was going to say about Auburn yeah. this year. It's a credit to Ron Roberts. He's done, he's had a great game plan. They've been injured like crazy. We haven't even gotten into that. Um, injuries all over the place. They've <laughs> done a good job of sort of you know working with who they've got, particularly in the secondary. That's what concerns me in this game. You still don't have Keontae Scott. Jalen Simpson's got a little injury. That's you don't like hearing all either of those things. Um, but they've done a good job with game planning. They've done a good job of executing. So far, no one has blown the doors off of them. Is this going to be that game? If they get a couple turnovers, it probably won't be. If they don't, I don't really see them competing over the course of, of four quarters against somebody like you said. Could very well be the best quarterback in the country. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Well, you had a perfect segue there, Nathan. Well, we talk about the depth of this Auburn defense. Is that something that surprised you guys on the beat? Just the when when this one guy goes down, another guy steps up, and and is filled in admirably. I mean, you kind of look for me on the outside looking in. It was a little bit of concern. You had some good names there, but guys were going to have to step up. Talk about the depth, and then kind of going into you mentioned LSU's run game. Uh, Logan Diggs, career high, 134 yards against Missouri. He's really made himself that number one back guy. How assignment sound is, is Auburn up front? Because that's something that watching a couple of the other postgame press conferences, Drinkwitz talked a little bit about that, said, hey, we, we didn't fill gaps properly. Kiffin talked about that, the ability for LSU to run on them. So, yeah, talk about the depth defensively, and then what does this look like uh, from a front seven perspective? And uh, it feels like they're going to have to play assignment sound football to stop LSU. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the depth, it's come up and bite him a couple times, like like you would expect. Against Texas A&M, you know, Max Johnson comes in as the backup quarterback. He instantly goes on two touchdown drives. Well, Auburn had their third team safety in there because they had like three starting defensive backs injured. And so that came back to bite him. A little bit linebacker depth. You, you have two guys who are pretty good right now. Everybody else is kind of inconsistent. They've been missing the Ole Miss transfer, Austin Keys. They've been missing him. Look, when it got down to it against Brock Bowers, Keontae Scott, who is a, a former Juco player, um, really athletic guy at nickel for them. He's been out several weeks now with a high ankle sprain. He's like he, the perfect player you would have wanted because he's mm-hmm. way more physical than anyone else they have at that position. He's really athletic. And, you know, you needed to get hands on Brock Bowers and kind of make him feel you and then run with him. They, they just didn't have that player on the field. Um, and so, like you said, it has been admirable. It has been, you know, again, impressive for Ron Roberts. To, you've really felt like they've assess their personnel game to game as opposed to, well, this is who we got. And this is the next guy on the depth chart. So let's just throw him in there. It really feels like, no, you know, what is going to be the best game plan against this offense in particular? That's, it was really interesting for you to bring up the third downs though, you know, for them, obviously LSU is spectacular. I think they're number five in the country converting third downs. And you talk about on the other side of the ball, not very good. That's going to be a huge key in this game because Hugh Freeze said it. That's why we, that's why they didn't win against Georgia. They only yeah. converted two third downs in that game. Meanwhile, on the other side, Georgia goes eight of 13. And so that's going to be a key for them as well. And then you talk about the run defense. That was probably, I mean, concern number one, I think on the entire team uh, exiting mm. the preseason. And obviously you don't know what you don't know exiting the preseason, you know, in, in camp, everything is obviously in a vacuum and you're, you're in the same building and the players are playing each other. But Hugh Freeze's big question was, Okay, are we just are we good at running the ball or do we have a lot of question marks on the front seven? Uh, it turned out they were actually just good at running the ball because, again, and it's hard to look at the numbers right now. I think they're eighth in the SEC in run defense, but if <laughs> Texas A&M had a 71 yard run in the fourth quarter when, yeah. when they were just gassed, if you take away that run, that's 12.4% of their entire rushing total on the season is one run. And so it's like, wow. You, get, you sort of have to look at, you know, game by game and drive by drive. Um, that's been a big strength for them. And, mm-hmm. and, and we've been impressed with how well they've done. Eugene Asante, we mentioned him earlier, linebacker, guy who wasn't even in the rotation last year, has broken through, and I think he's top 10 in the SEC in tackles right now. He's been really assignment sound. 
fill in those gaps. That is something that they cleaned up against Georgia. And so that's mm. another thing where this bye week, I think, maybe comes at a good time for them because they felt like that was something that didn't happen against Texas A&M. Really going back to the Sanford game at home and going back to Cal as well, they were feeling like our game plan is good, but sometimes sometimes we're not executing. Sometimes somebody's turned the wrong way or running the wrong way. Um, they felt like they actually got that right against Georgia in a lot of ways. It just came down to they were tired and Brock Bowers is really good and Carson Beck is, is pretty good too. And they just kind yeah. of asserted their will there in the second half. So that is something that they felt confident about. And so I wouldn't be surprised to, you know, you don't, you don't want to make Jaden Daniels beat you because he is extremely capable of beating you. Um, better to be one dimensional though, as opposed to yeah. know, allowing somebody like a Logan Diggs to run all over you. And so I would expect them to actually go in and have a good performance in terms of their run defense, because like so many other elements of the offense that we've talked about, if they are destroyed on the ground, it'll be the first time. It'll be the first time this season yeah. we haven't. So it's tough to really say, oh, LSU is going to run all over them when you haven't really seen anybody do that on Auburn this year. Yeah. They've done a good job of, of containing most people. Yeah, I think it surprises people when they kind of think of where Auburn is as a program coming into this season. Like you said, it's it's been a nice job by Ron Roberts and his staff to be able to kind of uh, you know find that personnel, that grouping that works. Nathan, before we get out of here, I want you to give me maybe one or two players on each side of the football that you're excited to watch that could play a pivotal role in this game and maybe just need to step up. Maybe the, if L, if Auburn's going to win this football game, these guys have to step up. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's an easy it's an easy one and it's a little too cliched, but it's tough not to say Peyton Thorne um, as mm -hmm. one of the guys on offense, just because, like we were saying earlier, it it really feels like this is a either or matchup when you're talking about him going against this LSU defense. My concern in that regard is so I'm, I'm going to go with him and I'm going to go with the offensive line um, just kind of overall as a group, because like we were talking about earlier, like Texas A&M, it, it really just felt like there was no rhythm. And a lot of that had to do with edge pressure. Hello, Harold Perkins and a dominant defensive line with a couple guys who could blow up the play immediately. LSU's got that talent along the yeah. defensive front. I know it hasn't been overly consistent or as consistent as they would like this season, but they have those dudes. Um, and I felt like AM was a better D line than Georgia, actually. With you know, Michael yeah. Williams is, is injured right now, but but our guy Jordan Hill from from 24-7 said he thought that was an accurate assessment. As well, and so where does LSU stand in in that ranking? Um, they're probably one of the better defensive fronts Auburn is going to see this season. And so again, going back to Georgia, Auburn's O line, they were like, we pushed them around a little bit. We felt like we were really assignment sound. Peyton Thorne had time to get rid of the ball. Just, I mean, it's going to be a massive key in this yeah. game because I can see a reality where all week we talk about, eh, it's LSU defense, it's not great. Peyton Thorne, he's going to throw for two fifty because everyone does that against LSU. And all of a sudden, LSU's edge rushers and their and their interior D linemen are kind of just destroying everything, and Auburn can't get into a rhythm, and they end up scoring 13 points. I can really see that being the case, and so it's going to come back to those early momentum plays for Peyton Thorne, really feeling like you know getting a connection with a couple receivers. They need receivers to step up badly. I, I think that was maybe a point by this staff in the offseason. They have maybe one and a half good receivers mm -hmm. right now. Jay Fair is certainly the best receiver on the team, and then. Shane Hooks has been really inconsistent. Javarius Johnson has been has been injured. And so can you get some other guys working in there during the bye week? Can you say during the bye week, all right, we don't need to play the guys who aren't making plays for us. We need to start playing guys who have a better opportunity to do that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we already mentioned Jalen Simpson, but it's just tough not to feel his gravity in every game. Yeah. And especially when that area is apparently 
covers like 15 yards because he'll make these interceptions where he basically comes out of nowhere. Um, I mean, he wasn't even assigned to, to, you know, Jack Saint when they played Georgia, but he comes up and crashes into him with his shoulder, kind of that, like when the Patriots played the Seahawks, kind of you're grabbing an interception when you're yeah. turned the other way. He's got that NFL talent to him. I mean, I, I think he is the best player on this entire team. Um, and so mm. really LSU is going to have to feel him. Um, and he's got to, he's got to make sure down the field guys like neighbors and guys like Brian Thomas, that they don't beat him. I mean, he's, he's going to be the guy back there on the back end because his running mate at safety Zion Puckett is not as sound in coverage is not as talented and, you know, able to make plays back there as he is. And then I look at a guy like a Jalen McLeod, you talked about the third downs and how, how important that's going to need to be, particularly getting LSU off the field. He's been a guy that isn't, he's an app state transfer. He's their best pass rusher, but he doesn't have a tackle for loss this season. He doesn't have a sack this season. Hmm. But then when you start to look at, okay, how often is he rushing the passer? How often is he getting pressure? It's extremely high. Um, you, you, he's, he, you know, right tackles are sort of feeling him every single play when he gets in there. And so I know I know somebody like, like Jaden Daniels is going to bounce around more than some other quarterbacks, and he's going to be difficult to contain. Jalen McLeod has shown a good ability this season to sort of get after the passer, but then if he's bouncing around the pocket, sort of back off. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a spy. I don't know who's going to have that designation. For Auburn's defense, maybe maybe Donovan Kaufman at nickel, maybe Eugene Asante at linebacker. But I think that first level of the defense containing Jaden Daniels is going to be so big in this game because they've got NFL talent in, in the secondary. You know, DJ James is an NFL corner. Nehemiah Pritchett is. Yeah. Jayden, we talked about Jalen Simpson. But, as, you know, as you know, it's tough to rely on those guys to win one-on-ones over and over and over again against really good receivers, against a quarterback that has a great rhythm. Right now, it's tough to ask them to do that over and over again. I don't, I, don't, I don't care who you are on the outside. And so really, I think that defensive matchup for Auburn is going to start up front. It's going to start with saying, all right, you've proven that you've been a little bit better than we thought early this season. Can you go out there and make yourself felt against uh, against an LSU run game and against Jaden Daniels and make him kind of knock him off his game early on? Yeah, it really speaks to, and we'll obviously talk about this tomorrow on you guys' podcast about this. Um, it really speaks to what Florida State had up front. You know, they had a Jared Verse. They've got a Braden Fisk on the interior and a lot of other options, and they were really able to disrupt Daniels, especially in that game, number one. I did want to shout out this kid from the state of Georgia. I think he's healthy coming into this game, but Kai and Lee, uh, Nathan, he, he's been a nice, nice, true freshman that has, uh, you know, done a lot in a crowded uh, secondary room with a lot of veterans. I mean, you got a lot of fifth-year guys. Uh, can, can you speak on Kai, Kai and Lee? Because watching him, he seems just be getting more and more confident in his own game and his development as the season goes on. Yeah, there's a handful of true freshmen. Um, there's a couple on defense and there's one on offense that they've really relied on early in the season. Um, Kai and Lee was a guy where Nehemiah Pritchett, the you know, senior corner, was senior bowl guy last year. He could have been, but he decided to come back to school. He was out the first three games of the season. And so they just threw him into the fire. And, and he was a guy who was here in spring. Um, I think he was a really good example of how important it is to be in spring practice because Wes McGriff, the, the secondary coach, was telling us in the fall, like, we don't even, he's not, we'll have meetings with the freshmen and the newcomers. He's not even involved. He's over with the vets. Like, that's how important wow. it is for him to be there in the spring. They already think he's a veteran. Um, they already treat him like that. And you saw teams try to pick on him early in the year. Mm -hmm. He gave up a couple, but I mean, not much. And so he, he, yeah, he's been really impressive. They wanted a good third cornerback behind DJ James, behind Nehemiah Pritchett. I think he's definitely emerged as that guy. JD Rim is a Louisiana guy. Um, he's going to play a little bit of nickel and, or no, Rim, Rim's not a Louisiana guy. I'm thinking of Austin Osbury. 
um, but Rims, Rims a Georgia guy as well. Um, talking about true freshmen, though, somebody I didn't bring up on the show that maybe might be a key player in this game is Keldrick Falk. Um, he was mm-hmm. a Florida State committee. He's the top player in their 23 class. He's top 75 overall guy. Um, been really impressive, but he hasn't played too much. He plays at defensive end. Um, Mosiah Nasili Kite is out for the season. He's their starting defensive end. So that is a spot to look at in this game. We just talked about getting pressure on Jaden Daniels. We just talked about defensive front. They feel like, all right, Geldrick, like you're a freshman. You know, you've kind of got your feet wet a little bit, but he has an absurd amount of talent. Like, let's go out there and just set him loose and see what happens. And so we'll see whether that's a positive for Auburn. We'll see whether, you know, kind of gets turned around on some plays because he's so young, but 15 along that defensive line is somebody that I'm interested in in this game. Does LSU see some stuff on film where he's really young and they'd like to get him out of position? Or is his talent going to shine through against this LSU O-line? And is he going to be able to make plays? That's something I'll be I'll be watching this game for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is going to be a fun football game for sure. And Nathan, appreciate you hopping on the show, talking in a deep dive preview of what Auburn brings to the table. Before we get you out of here, let folks know if they want to read the Auburn perspective or they want to watch the Auburn perspective of this game, where should they go? And uh, I mean, we know it's Auburn undercover, but where, where should the people go? Yeah, for sure. AuburnUndercover.com, like you just said. Um, we're going to have you on the podcast. We'll have Glenn um, doing a Q&A. And so, you know, LSU fans, if you want to pop over there, a couple times this week, I'm I'm sure we'll have something on the homepage that you'll be interested in uh, in clicking on from an Auburn perspective and hop on the message board um, as well, because even early on this week, we've had some really good discussions about Jane Daniels, about how Auburn feels they could contain him. Um, it's just good to see things from a fan's perspective as well. And obviously, 24-7 gives you that that option to go in there and kind of spy on what the opposing team is saying about your team. So yeah, AuburnUndercover.com, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing coverage and, and crossing over with you guys this week. And uh, yeah, it should be an awesome game. I didn't even think about that. This is LSU's biggest home game so far. Um, and that's, yeah. or at least, you know, you could argue and I know Arkansas came down to it. It was a really exciting game, but uh, yeah, I think that environment is going to be, is going to be crazy. And I'm, I'm really looking forward not only to seeing it, but to seeing how Auburn responds to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Auburn LSU night game in death Valley, Nathan King over with Auburn undercover. Make sure you check it out. I'll be on their podcast next week. This has been another episode. We appreciate you, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may be getting that, or on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and set up notifications so you know when we drop the latest content. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 